It's not what she said. Welcome into the Big City Sports Podcast. We have another episode coming up today. It's going to be shorter uh, next week. Stay tuned because we're breaking out a big, big NFL preview. Uh, but today the Yankees are smoking hot. There's some news to get to before we get into that. Um, Henrik Lundqvist, longtime goaltender of the New York Rangers, has announced his retirement. Uh, I know that you were very close to Hank. He was your goaltender of your childhood and everything else going up. He was just uh, the, the, the main guy you saw in net every single night. Uh, Swig, how you doing and uh, how, how are you taking this Lundqvist retirement news? I'm pretty good, uh, although you're uh, starting me off on a bit of a, a sad note as a lifelong Rangers fan, but <laughs> I think it's to be expected a little bit. Uh, you want him to uh, prioritize his health, and we, we we know what a great goalie he was, and I'm sure still is, but anyone who isn't aware, he's had some uh, some heart issues the last year or two. There, when he was originally drafted, uh, this they the Rangers were aware that he had something, but it never became a big enough problem where he had to get up in operation or keep him from playing until the last year or so. So, so he, he did sign with the Capitals, but didn't end up playing a game there. But um, just I'm glad he's focusing on his health. He should be OK is the most important thing long term. But on ice as a lifelong Rangers fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely going to miss him. Uh, best player the Rangers have had in my lifetime without question. He he I mean, the fact that we didn't get him a cup still hurts me a little bit. But uh, just an amazing player, amazing guy off the ice. Uh, just so many positive things to say about him. Uh, one story that I can tell personally. Um, one of the last things I got to do before COVID shut everything down was uh, my friend Will and I went to a Rangers game in Detroit. It was about six weeks before everything got shut down and the Rangers won that game, won nothing. Lundqvist started. It ended up being his last ever shutout in the NHL. So it's kind of cool that I got to go up and see that in person, but a great goalie, first ballot Hall of Famer without question. He's getting his jersey retired next year. Uh, I'm definitely going to miss him, but I wish him all the best and want to thank him for everything he did for the Rangers. Hank was that guy. He was that guy that uh, every single night, you know, you have a chance to win because he's between the uh, in, in the crease. So that, that's good news for uh, what he's done in his tenure with the Rangers. Uh, are, are you happy that he only played for the Rangers in his career? In, in a sense, yeah, like, uh, be, being a little bit selfish about it, uh, especially because uh, I mean, how awkward would it have been if uh, Lundqvist was on the bench or the other goalie for that Rangers Capitals bullshit from a few months ago, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I mean, that was a lot of uh, heated, heated stuff going on in that one. But even ignoring that, it would have been really, really weird to see him in any other uniform, man. I don't know if I could have taken that. Um, I, I was going to say, I don't know if my heart could take it, but I didn't want that to sound insensitive. So, um, <laughs> um, but uh, from a selfish perspective, yeah, I'm a little bit sad that, or a little bit happy that I didn't, didn't have to watch him on another team. But I also wanted uh, Hank to get what whatever he wanted. If he, if he was able to get a Stanley Cup, absolutely would have rooted for him to get it. He 100% deserved it. You know, one, one of the most legend, you know, best players ever to not win a cup. One of the best players ever, period. So in, in a sense, yeah, I'm happy he didn't play for anyone else selfishly. But uh, um, uh, but for his sake, I wish he could have uh, played and finished out his career on a more uh, individual note rather than being kind of forced to retire. But that doesn't take away from any of his insanely long list of accomplishments. I feel the same way about Corey Crawford. I know he's not the same goaltender uh, long term. The way at uh, Henrik is uh, probably a Hall of Famer there, but Crawford had that postseason success, and you know that he could really come in there and take a game over with his play. He makes big saves towards the end, so I was glad that he didn't suit up for the Devils at all last year, and he uh, retired a Blackhawk. So a little bit similar in that department. Both of our goaltenders are are gone now. We got Mark Andre Fleury. You locked up Shesterkin, so it should be a lot of fun for the Rangers going forward. 
It's a new era, I'll tell you that much. Uh, we discussed the extension uh, either last week or the week before. Can't remember which. So, uh, And as a Rangers fan, we knew that uh, he was going to be gone, whether it was for another team or retiring one way or the other. Because when Chesterkin first came over, there were three goalies, and it became clear that uh, Lundqvist was going to end up being the odd man out. And it would not uh, would have been pretty awkward to have him either uh, in the bench or in the press box for a year. So, yeah, looking to the future now, hoping for the best. But also, yeah. A little sad to reflect on an, uh, an amazing era that didn't end up getting him a championship, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, we're going to stick to the trend with these old players, and we're going to talk about Miguel Cabrera, uh, who accomplished a big feat. And we know we don't cover the Tigers on this show, but Miguel Cabrera has been a generational talent um, over the last uh, 20 years. He's been in the league 19 years since 2003. He got his 500th career home run. Uh, the first Venezuelan-born player to do it, uh, the first uh, Tigers player to have 500 career home runs. So uh, just a great com- accomplishment for him. And I know uh, Gary Sheffield sent out a nice memo to him. Uh, he's a former teammate of uh, uh, Miguel Cabrera, who also has 500 home runs. So uh, just a cool thing for him, and it's cool that we're around to see only the 28th person to get that uh, feat. Yeah, and only uh, the uh, second active player, Albert Pujols, is the other one. It's an exclusive club, and Miguel Cabrera, first ballot Hall of Famer. I wanted to give a quick uh, shout-out. I thought it was really classy what the Blue Jays did. He uh, hit that home run in Toronto, and uh, the Blue Jays had a cool graphic congratulating him on 500, even though he was on the road. Crowd gave him a, a big hand. I thought that was a really cool gesture from them. Definitely, uh, you, you might kind of expect it, but not that wouldn't happen anywhere, so I thought that was really cool. But yeah, he's, uh, Cabrera's an amazing player. He's been with the Tigers for for 15 years now, amazingly. And, and while they've, uh, they haven't been great the last few years, we know how close they got to winning a World Series a, a couple of times. And he was a huge part of that, won a triple crown in 2012, the only player in the last 55 years to do that in either league, which is pretty amazing. And um, you mentioned the first Tigers player to do it. I mean, they, while they haven't had a ton of championships in their history, uh, you go back, you think of guys like Al Kaline or Ralph Green or Hank Greenberg, guys like that. And it, it shows just how exclusive the club is. So congratulations to him. Amazing player. Uh, and uh, 3000 hits is up next for him. He should get there sometime next season. Yeah, maybe he can get it this year. He's 45 off. It's good. He's going to have to turn it up. He said back in February that, hey, I'm going to try to get uh, uh, 500 home runs and 3,000 hits this year. So he's out for it. Maybe it happens in the last weekend of the season in Chicago. That'd be pretty cool to see um, if he can get that done. I might actually go up for that one if there's anything close for it. But uh, that's that's basically it on the news department. But let's get into the Yankees. So the Yankees are smoking hot. They're playing an Atlanta Braves team. We talked last week, smoking hot. Something had to give. Uh, the Yankees rolled in nine, nine win, nine game win streak. I believe Atlanta was upwards of nine as well. And uh, something had to give. And it was Atlanta that fell to the feet of the New York Yankees who have now won 10 in a row. Yeah, and I, I hope that the winning streak is still active by the time this episode drops. Uh, we usually uh, re- we record these on Wednesday nights now, but uh, this one we're doing Monday night right after the game because we have some uh, scheduling conflicts this week. So the Yankees have one more game against Atlanta before this uh, episode drops. So hopefully it'll be 11 then. But either way, it's definitely been a lot more uh, fun with the Yankees the last two weeks or so than it was uh, for uh, most of the season before that. Um, they've even uh, given us the courtesy to win three straight games without 
without bringing the winning run to the plate in the ninth inning when they're up <laughs> by five. So that's a step in the right direction. But uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, the Yankees and Braves both had won nine straight coming into the game earlier tonight. And apparently that's the uh, first time since 1901 that there has been a game in Major League Baseball where two teams have played each other with at least nine game winning. Isn't that insane? That is nuts. That is nuts. I mean, you'd think uh, with all the games that have been played, I mean, heck, 162 for every single team. Uh, that's that's a lot of freaking games throughout a course of a season. So, I mean, to have that not accomplished since 1901, that's a very long time. So definitely something unique that happened. But the Yankees, I mean, they're, they're in great shape right now. It's been a lot better. I mean, I, I obviously hope it keeps up. Uh, there's one thing I can learn uh, learn here is that things can change really quickly one way or the other. Um, but I, I've definitely been enjoying this trend a little bit more. Uh, uh, hopefully the Rays start losing some games here soon. That'd be nice. Uh, the Orioles didn't really do us any help there. But in the Yankees, I think some of the keys are uh, the pitching staff has been a lot better of late. We've talked about Jamison Tyon being a lot better. Nestor Cortez has stepped in and turned into a really, uh, really important part of the rotation as well. And we, we can get into him and the, the, the legend of Nestor Cortez here in a minute, but they're getting contributions from up and down the lineup. Uh, a pretty cool story with Andrew Velasquez too, stepping in for a uh, Gleyber Torres switch hitter, good defender from the Bronx originally hit his first home run the other day against the twins. How awesome was the reaction of his family there in the stands? Yeah, I saw that. And I was like, that's that's just amazing. That's why we watch sports is for those little things like that. I mean, imagine being a Yankees fan growing up in the Bronx area, knowing that, hey, you know what? I'd like to be a New York Yankee. And then sure enough, getting the opportunity. I know he's bounced around. He's been with Baltimore, I believe, before that. But just a great opportunity for him to come into Yankee Stadium, wearing the pinstripes and to go deep. Uh, that's That's got to be an unbelievable feeling and uh, something he'll always remember. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it was definitely a special moment from a fan's perspective too, but I can't even imagine how he or his family was feeling for that. So it's been great to see him be productive. Uh, the Yankees as a whole are very slowly getting healthier for the most part. There's uh, bumps and uh, bumps in the road on the way there. Zach Britton got hurt again. I don't think Andujar or Clint Frazier or Severino is going to come back, but uh, Corey Kluber seems to be getting close. He's uh, rehabbing through uh, six innings and hopefully he can only add to a pitching staff that's been a lot better lately. Uh, Garrett Coles has had two good starts since he's come off the injured list, uh, which is encouraging. Hopefully he can uh, continue to build off that. Outside of that, uh, Jordan Montgomery also recent ca recently came off the list and he threw uh, six strong innings tonight. And um, although I, I, I do have to nitpick a little as to why he was swinging at a full count pitch with the uh, uh, with a couple runners on. I know it's weird, but that was way out. I like, just hope the guy walks you. You know, you're not going to get the grand slam. You're not Camarena on the Padres, but, um, but he still pitched really well. For the most part, he's been better. Uh, and we already mentioned how Tyone, who horrible start, been a lot better since. And uh, Cortez, who's been really good all season, <laughs> almost out of nowhere. Uh, he's, he was with the Yankees once before and is filled in this year. And uh, you see him with that mustache and the, uh, he changes his arm angle. It's just it, it's been really fun to watch. And uh, um, I'm hoping it continues. Even uh, Heaney had a good start last week and Luis Heal still hasn't given up a run in yeah. 15 and two thirds innings. So nice, nice start to his career. And uh, we're starting to see some more contributions from the lineup as well. And wanted to have a little discussion on uh, how to fit Luke Voigt in. Yeah. Um, very interesting. He's got to be, I think he's your DH. Uh, he's probably a platoon sort of DH as well. He's not going to be in there every day because if you put Stanton, 
Judge, Gallo in the outfield every single day. I think that just screams injury concerns, and you need to make sure everyone's healthy if you're trying to make the postseason because outfield depth is something you don't have. I mean, Gardner is a veteran, but he's not going to bring a lot to the table at this point. Uh, Greg Allen played well, but he's now in Triple A. So, I mean, there, there's there's really nothing to build off after that. You mentioned the injuries to Andujar and Frazier. Um, I mean, you don't want to try bringing up uh, that center fielder. I'm drawing a blank on his name again. Jonathan uh, Davis? No, he's that he's the prospect. Florial. You're not going to bring up Florial again. Um, but I, that's where I think, you know, maybe you uh, do not every other day because I can get repetitive, but maybe you DH Voigt for a couple, then you take Stanton off, mix in a little bit of Judge in that spot. Just make sure that everyone's fresh down the stretch because whatever Ann Bruin's doing right now, it's working. So uh, I, I like I like the way he's going about it. I think uh, Rizzo needs to be your everyday first baseman no matter what. I don't care if what's going on. He cannot DH because that glove, He's he's got gold gloves for a reason. He can bail out a lot of bad throws. Right. Like, oh, oh if you're just looking at Anthony Rizzo and Luke Voigt. Like, all around, Rizzo is a better player and especially a much better defensive player. So, no doubt that he would need to be the first baseman from that perspective. So, the only way to keep them both in, because neither of them can play another position, is to have Luke Voigt be the DH. And recently, John Carlos Stanton, who was the full-time DH for several months, uh, has finally been able to start playing some games in the field. And he's looked relatively comfortable out there. It's not like it's completely foreign to him. He's just been injured so much recently. And uh, with, with the DH spot, and the Yankees in the past have been relatively deep in the outfield, haven't really needed to throw him out too much. But now uh, he's been hitting better since he's been playing in the field more. Uh, the Yankees had almost that whole lineup for tonight's game. The only reason Voight wasn't in is because game was in Atlanta. There there is no DH. So I, I might expect Voigt to maybe play the game uh, tomorrow instead. Rizzo might be getting a, a day off or two extra because he uh, recently came off the COVID list and Voigt was red hot last week. Um, and, and the media tried to make it a controversy when Voigt said you know, he wants to play nothing personal. Um, but you know, I had a good year last year. I led the league in home runs. I was top 10 in MVP voting. I didn't have a problem with anything he said. Neither did any sane Yankees fan. He, he wants to play. What's he, what do you expect him to say? He wants to sit on the bench. I mean, I, I find that ridiculous. So, um, but tonight we saw everything else. Arizzo was at first. Uh, it was an outfield of Stanton, Gallo, and Judge. Uh, Judge and Gallo are both capable of playing center field. Gallo, in particular, is a Gold Glove outfielder. Uh, you can stick Stanton in one of the corner spots. So, have an extremely tall but also extremely uh, power-heavy outfield in the lineup. You know, Gallo is a left-handed bat that helps balance. And, uh, and you just rotate those guys because what the Amer what most American te league teams like to do instead of having a full-time DH is you rotate a few of your important bats through the DH spot here in various days of the week. So you give them half a day off, but can keep their bat in the lineup without having to take them out fully or only relegate them to pinch hitting appearances. And if the Yankees are smart here, they'll be able to rotate a little bit where all of those guys are playing at least I'd say four or five times a week. Um, and then uh, they get the one or two days off of rest in between while the others are in the lineup. So like of those five, the Rizzo, Voigt, Judge, Gallo, and Stanton, I want at least four of them to be in the lineup every day. Let me ask you this question, because I know it's been a few years since we've seen this, but I just want to get your opinion on it. Now, looking at the shortstop position, Glaver Torres is hurt. We mentioned Velasquez, Wade's been okay. I mean, uh, that's really your only little area. Do you potentially see a spot where uh, – Giovanni Urshela moves over to shortstop and Joey Gallo plays a little bit of third. 
I definitely don't see Gallo playing third at this point. No, I, I really don't. Cause that would mean Brett Gardner starting in the outfield again. And uh, I I'm sure uh, I think that the Yankees would rather have the three bigger bats and, and judge and Gallo in particular are not defensive liabilities. And I, I don't think Stanton's a liability either. I think he's an, an average defender who should be fine now that he's uh, starting to get reacclimated to it. Yeah. You know, he, he played right field regularly in Miami. This isn't foreign to him. It's just uh, hoping you don't uh, do it too much where he does get injured. If he's only playing the field three or four times a week for now until the playoffs start, if the Yankees get that far, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. He had a big game earlier tonight at three of the five RBIs. He's been hitting better. We all know he's streaky, but he, he did say that he doesn't like to be the full-time DH. He thinks he, he seemed to be in a better rhythm at the plate when he's playing the field, at least sometimes. I, I don't see Gallo playing third. I, I think Urshela, I, I think the Yankees envision that Urshela and Torres come back and they play third and short respectively. I do definitely have some defensive concerns there with Labor Torres at short, but death, the Death Star lineup in, the, in that uh, scenario, if they have all these guys healthy, would be Rizzo at first, LeMahieu at second, with Torres and Urshela back to complete the infield. Gary Sanchez is back behind the plate. He had a big hit tonight. You have uh, Stanton, Gallo, and Judge for the world's tallest outfield, and then uh, Luke Voigt DHing. So theoretically, that would be a, a difficult lineup to navigate where all nine guys are capable of hitting home runs. Hopefully, it gets that far. Hopefully, all these guys stay healthy. Uh, but I, I think uh, the Yankees really value Gallo's defense in the outfield. So I, I don't think they, uh, they want to try to push him at third base or put him in a corner. I think it'd be fitting a square peg into a round hole. Yeah. Um, let's look at the standings just a little bit here. They're four games back of first place, which is honestly surprising to say after this crazy uh, win streak that's taken place, Tampa Bay still has a four game lead in the AL East, but you look at the wild card, they're two and a half up uh, sitting there with Boston on their tails. And then there's the Oakland A's who are half game back in the wild card race. And the Yankees do play the A's coming up. You'll be there on Thursday. I'm, I'm sure you're excited about seeing the Yankees in Oakland. So that should be a lot of fun in your department. But um, how big is that series coming up against the Oakland Athletics in terms of the wild card? Oh, it's huge. It's a four game series. If it goes in one team's favor, it could either enhance the Yankees lead in the wild card to at least be in good shape to lock up one of those two spots or knock them right back out if it's uh, the other way. So ideally, of course, I'd love for the Yankees to win all four games, but I think more realistically, especially on the road, if they get a split, that would be a good start. They wouldn't gain or lose anything. Oakland would still be behind them. If they win three out of four, then you'd have to be really happy with that. Um, so just start there. Hope, uh, of course, that if uh, Boston were to lose a few more games in between, I obviously would not complain whether the uh, the Yankees are doing well or not. You know, fuck the Red Sox, man. Uh, again, not biased at all, right? Yeah, not biased at all. I mean, I think I think you just truly just hate the Red Sox and uh, no bias in that department. I mean, who who doesn't who doesn't love the Red Sox? You know, who doesn't hate the Red Sox is the real question when you're looking at uh, the, the 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 bastards up north and the East Coast. But yeah, I'm uh, glad we're on the same page here. But the um, but yeah, it's definitely a huge uh, series for the wild card. Oakland, uh, I know they've been uh, struggling a little bit lately as well. Um, the uh, uh, they were able to uh, the Yankees were able to get a little bit of help from the White Sox who took two out of three from Oakland and then uh, took one out of three from the Rays which is better than the zero of four that the Orioles took but um, 
it, it, it was, it's a huge series. If the Yankees were to lose three out of four, or all four in that series, they'd be right back either tied with Oakland or maybe even behind Oakland. So it, it could change very quickly. Uh, and we know how good of a team that both of them are capable of. We all know that this, the Yankees winning streak isn't going to last forever one way or the other. So uh, I'm enjoying it while I can, but they can't uh, say, okay, Hey, we had two good weeks. We're locked in. We can coast from here. It's definitely not that simple. There's one thing I've learned the last few weeks that the, things can change very quickly for better or worse. So more recently it's been better for the Yankees, worse for the Mets for example um, but that could very well change with, with still more than a month to go in the regular season but I am excited for it uh, looking uh, you know uh, that first game I'll see in person later the night when uh, this episode drops so I make sure to put some pictures up but we'll see how that goes yeah it should be a lot of fun I think that series is going to be uh, a huge huge uh, looking for the Yankees and the Rays or not the Rays the A's if the A's get swept in those four, that could set them back big time because that's an extra four games for the Yankees. They really have to compete with the Red Sox. So that's a big series coming up there. Uh, that's really cool. You're going to be there to check it out. Are you excited for the, to see the Oco? Yeah, I've never been that far west in the U.S. before, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited for it. kind of came together last minute, but got a couple of friends out there. So it should be fun. It'll be nice to get the hell out of here for a few days. Uh, <laughs> see, I haven't seen a Yankees game in person uh, since uh, 2019, I don't believe. Um, I, I definitely looked into going to the Field of Dreams game, but those tickets were way too expensive for my taste. Um, and I, I don't even mean the taste of corn. I mean the taste of not going bankrupt. So um, <laughs> I, I did. I just, I thought about going to one of the other games against the White Sox, but uh, something came up where I couldn't. So and naturally I decided to go all the way to California instead. Yeah, that, that makes sense. You know, when, when they're not close, you got to go far and that's what you're doing. So it should be a lot of fun on that one. Uh, wish you the best of safe travels. There should be a lot of fun. Um, as for the other teams, we're not getting into them because they suck at baseball. The White Sox don't think it a pass. They haven't done anything that's changed. Uh, the Cubs suck at baseball. The Mets suck at baseball. Um, and that, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Uh, basically take that. Um, the Mets, the Cubs, you guys suck and there's nothing to talk about that's uh, taken place in that department. But any final words for you, Swig? Yeah, I think we can just kind of preview what we have coming up next week. Uh, we we kind of said at the beginning this one would be a little bit more filler. Uh, uh, reiterate the Yankees have been doing well, which is great. A little bit of the news, but we, we are excited for next week's show. We're going to do a big NFL preview. Uh, we'll uh, definitely break down uh, preseason takeaways, season previews for the Giants, Jets, and Bears. Uh, I know we got a lot to talk about with the quarterbacks especially with uh, the Jets and the Bears with their rookies and uh, some other bizarre storylines, some training camp fights uh, that we've seen from the Giants a couple of times already. And uh, I believe we're going to have a, a guest on here. And uh, I'm thinking at the end, maybe we'll uh, do a uh, like our standings uh, predictions, uh, maybe playoff predictions, initial one, something like that. I like that a lot. That sounds fantastic. And just a little bit of a teaser for next week. I'm not high on Zach Wilson. I'm sure that'll raise some debates, but just uh, make sure you tune in because it's going to be a lot of fun NFL preview next week. But uh, as for today, that's going to wrap it up. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple podcasts, YouTube, uh, basically anywhere you get your pods. We're there like subscribe, leave a review, leave a comment. Uh, we'll, we'll try to get those interactive. If you could go ahead and uh, put those up there, that'd be really cool. We could have a debate on what you say in the topic. Are we an airhead? Let us know if we're not, then uh, I guess we're doing something right. But uh, like I said, that's going to wrap it up for today. Uh, for Swig, this is Dylan Kearns. It's been a presentation of the Big City Sports Podcast, and we will see you next time.